0: Happy New Year, friends. Welcome to 2022 and to Season 3 of the Deeper Still podcast. The reason we exist here at Deeper Still is to carve out some space in our everyday lives, to take a moment, to be intentional, to cut through both the chaotic and the mundane in our lives, and to pay attention to what God is doing to pay attention to what He's doing in our own life, in our own souls, and in the world around us as we go deeper still in our relationship with Him and with one another. My name is Sue Ann Canfield, and I have the great joy of being the host of this podcast while also serving on the staff of Christ Church of Oak Brook, where we are recording today's episode. As always, my friends, I am so glad that you chose to listen in today. Well, it has been a minute since we have been together. We had planned to launch season three of Deeper Still back in the fall of 2021. But as we all know, sometimes our best laid plans are just not meant to be. Life and ministry and this nagging little pandemic, we seem to still be muddling our way through, have a way of getting in the way. But alas, that is okay because God had other plans, and if there's one thing we've learned through the pandemic, uh, it's to be flexible and to trust God. And so uh, that's okay, because now we're back at it, and I am so excited for Season 3, because it gives us a chance to dig into God's Word a little bit using the book of Ephesians, which we are going to do in the weeks to come. But not yet. Not today, because today I have a very special guest with me who is going to share a little bit of his story with us, as well as bring more than two decades of wisdom and experience as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, and as a Christ follower that is going to help us be intentional today as we start a new year, and as we consider some of the rhythms and the habits that we can establish that will not only help us grow in our relationship with the Lord, but will just bring a little more sanity and maybe a little more meaning to our lives. And I don't know about you, but I could certainly use some help with that. The ironic thing about today's guest is he is my husband, (laughs) and sometimes I forget to listen to his wisdom in my everyday life. But now that I have him as a guest on my podcast, I feel like he becomes immediately Infinitely more wise, and I am excited about what he is going to share with us today. Eric Camfield has been a pastor for more than 20 years. The last 16 years have been on staff here at Christchurch, and the last four of those years have been spent. Uh, having stepped out in faith to become Christ Church's first multi-site campus pastor of our Butterfield location. Eric now serves as the founder and president of Altar Fly Fishing, whose mission is to merge faith and fly fishing into a common stream through life-giving, soul-shaping, outdoor adventures. How cool is that? Eric also serves as a professional life coach, helping people reach their full potential in life and faith by achieving the goals and the visions God has placed on their hearts. He's been married to his amazing and talented wife for nearly 25 years, and together they are figuring out what it's like to be empty nesters for the first time as their kiddos are off at college, and actually, much to their kids' shock and amazement, they're actually enjoying it very much. And so, friends, it's a privilege to have Eric on the podcast today, so with no further ado, wherever you find yourself today, saddle up, settle in, listen in as Eric and I go deeper still. Well, Eric, hi. Hi. It's so good to have you here today. Long time no see.
1: I've never seen you so complimentary and pleasant. (laughs) It is my joy. To be sitting here with you.
0: That's what happens when we turn on air, you know. It's like you have the behind the scenes and you have on air. But I feel like we we banter and are nice together and have fun together, no matter what we do, right? Bliss. Of course. Yes. Life and marriage of <clears throat> bliss.
1: Sometimes too much
0: bliss. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, Ashley, in all uh, seriousness, I know how busy your schedule is. I know, uh, especially this week, you have a lot going on, and so it's no small thing for you to carve out the time to be here with us today. And so I really do appreciate that you made the space to do that. And we are going to talk about your new venture, Alter Fly Fishing, in just a few minutes. And then we're going to spend some time um, just having you share some helpful tips about what it's looked like for you as you have learned and led people to develop some good habits and rhythms in our life and in our faith as we especially start a new year. But first, I know there are a lot of people listening who uh, have been under your leadership. They have enjoyed you as a pastor and as a friend. I'm sure we have some family listening today. And I know people are wondering, How has the transition for you been after being on staff at a large church for so long and now as of December 31st, you have stepped out of that and you've kind of developed your own new rhythm as the president of Altar Fly Fishing. So just tell us how how you've been and how that transition has been going.
1: Well, I would say I am transitioning. Mm. It has been uh, interesting now that I'm all of not even two weeks in to being officially off staff at the church. And I do have the opportunity to craft some new rhythms. What I have found is that I'm really retraining my mind. I didn't realize, as a pastor or probably anyone in vocational ministry, the constant pull, how much your mind is engaged, even when you think you're relaxing, reaching for the phone, getting the next 20 emails coming into your mix. And that was just five minutes ago. There was, hmm. <clears throat> you know, not that many. So uh, I'm having to reshape my mind and learn how to sit. And as I really start implementing some rhythms that are good for me, especially morning rhythms and how I pace and transition throughout my day, it's been a little odd of how distracted I am, or there's this pull that isn't there, Hmm. doesn't exist anymore, but it's still in me. So it just says it takes time to change habits and rhythms and you have to be intentional with it. And Give a little grace.
0: That's right. You know, and I think it's one thing. I I have said this more recently. So I've been on staff here for five years, and I have watched you be a pastor for a long time. I've volunteered, been heavily involved in ministry before I came on staff here at the church. And I thought I had a pretty good idea of what... um, what those demands are, especially as being a pastor and having watched it being married to you. And then I realized that when I stepped into serving on staff at a local church, I got a new awareness of just how um, life-giving and also just the pace at which um, ministry demands. And so I think what you're saying is, especially if there's any ministry people or pastors out there listening, I think for sure they understand that at a deeper level And they understand what you're saying. They're nodding their heads out there.
1: (laughs) Well, and we'll share this. I know in a little bit, a lot of what we do with altar is we're working with pastors, especially in burnout, or they just realize the violence that kind of gets done to your soul when you just don't even realize how the pace and the grind, and as you said, the muchness always coming at you, it has an impact when you hit five years, 10 years, 15 years. And so a big part of what we're doing is trying to read the waters of life and, um, start redeeming reshaping renewing um some areas that can that you just don't even realize you wake up and you're like wow how did i get here
0: yeah yeah absolutely and that's not just for pastors that's for a lot of people who have not taken the time out to to shape their soul in the way they need to that get to that point of burnout we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go but first i want to give you an opportunity to uh, share the story story of altar fly fishing share the story of how it came to be and especially for those out there who have no idea what altar is share what it is and what your hopes are for the future
1: Sure. Well, I would say it's been a eight to 10-year process in the works. And if I zoom back even a little further out, maybe it's been a 49-year uh, in the making. But uh, significantly, um, Tom Mallon, one of my good friends, I know is, they've been hugely involved in leadership at Christ Church and now have moved away. But Tom tapped me on the shoulder to to help really raise some money for Frontier Ranch, Young Life's, you know, first and really premier camp. And they wanted to do it around hunting and fly fishing uh, adventures. And so he said, Eric, you love to fly fish. We've done several trips together. Would you bring some of your friends out? Hopefully they catch the vision of uh, Frontier Ranch and are generous and will support in a big way because the camp really is at a point they need to Kind of recreate or bring just so many of their facilities up to speed. There's some big capital needs. And so, and he said, I'll pay for your expenses. So I'm like, so you want me to fish in Colorado for free with my friends? I (laughs) said, I'm in. And so we did that for a few years. And um, I remember it started that first year and I watched it the second year that really we fished, we had a chef come in great accommodations like it was awesome we'd eat breakfast we'd fish come back and really just hang out and have conversations and that was good but there wasn't a whole lot of other intentionality except one night we would walk through camp and the camp director would you know share a vision which was awesome but I just remember sitting there around the fire and you know everyone has a you know a beverage of their choice and it's just really cozy and and I'm seeing the RPMs come down in people's lives. And I just kept thinking we're missing the opportunity because we have access to people in a way that we normally don't uh, when we're back in the suburbs or wherever we live. And that just kind of gnawed at me for a a handful of years. And then I'll fast forward a few years after that, that um, you say this a lot in your book, there was a stirring that was in me. Part of it was a little bit of a vision that I think was creating like what if we could do more around these fly fishing adventures um and I heard a a man speak Jason Randall he's one of the premier speakers and voices in the fly fishing industry he spoke at the Oak Brook Trout Unlimited chapter it's a non-profit I'm a member never went so really I think that was the first time I had heard Jason speak and I buy his book and and I'm reading the introduction afterwards, and he's like, thank God for this, thank God for this. And then it said Woodstock, Illinois. And I remember I said, no trout guru lives in Woodstock, <laughs> Illinois. Like, you usually are in the mountains, you know, east or west. And so I just reach out to him because the vision had grown in me to the point where I felt I needed to, to share, someone, <clears throat> share it with someone. And so I just emailed Jason, and he was kind enough to invite me to Woodstock. And after an hour... He said, Eric, you don't realize it, but God is working way ahead of you in the fly fishing industry. He goes, you need to lead one of these retreats, uh, and I'm going to help you do it. I'm speaking to some groups in a couple of weeks. Get me one of your flyers, and I'll I'll promote it. And I said, Jason, time out. I was like, I don't have flyers. I have an idea. I was going to spend the next year researching because who knows? Maybe there's 100 people doing this. He goes, there's no one doing what you are talking about. Um, he goes, get me a flyer, and I was like, again, there's the problem. I don't have a flyer. He goes, we'll make something up, and so a few months later, we launched <clears throat> the first altar fly fishing retreat, and we learned a lot. And from there, it just continued to grow and grow, and it's been amazing to watch God bring people and resources and <clears throat> opportunities that we couldn't even have dreamed of. And so, it's pretty amazing when you know God is really the the architect and the uh, and it's his vision mm-hmm. we just have to, to pay attention and be faithful to what he's doing and it's been it's been awesome to watch this grow so you you said what what does altar fly fishing do <clears throat> you said it a little bit we merge faith and fly fishing into a common stream but really we, we do retreats we combine a spiritual retreat and a fly fishing adventure half of the people that have been on our trips over these four years um Uh, have never fly fished before so it's a bucket list or they've always wanted to do it or they're curious and so it's fun to bring people into the sport and and you were one of those uh, just this past fall and we watched you get it and get your cast and catch a fish so um, but we pace it well we want it to be something life-giving and and unusual in people's lives and so we we have great accommodations we rest well we eat well we have intentional teaching time then we have we provide a lot of space for people to reflect. We talk about, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a great angler, the first thing you have to do is just read the waters. The waters will tell you everything that you need to know about how and where and what style to fish and that can sound a little complicated, but isn't it the same thing with life?
0: Mm.
1: And so part of what we do is tell people right up front, we're gonna help you read the waters of your life. Because if you know where you are, if you know what's going on what under the surface, you will know what maybe some of your next steps are. And so we, you know, anywhere from three to five days are the length of our retreats. And, and so it unfolds as we go. Um, and then we kind of come to the closing where we really want to see things crystallize. And, and every person <clears throat> so far will say, you know, when I go home, I need to, or I ought to, or, uh, and Kind of part two, what makes Alter a little different is this is really where our passion is to pick up uh, the line at that point and say, well, what if those things could actually become reality? And so for the next three months, the next six months after the retreats, we think are maybe the most critical time because you're open, you're aware, you've cultivated some desires, and now we want to move those to actually see them become reality. Mm -hmm. And so we'll walk with people in whatever way they choose and a variety of formats and The most extreme end is doing some professional coaching, but to know that, you know what, maybe a new trajectory needs to begin, and we don't want to go back the way we entered. And so in some ways, it's discipleship, it's helping people grow, and it's in a very personal way. But it takes that getting away uh, to really set up everything that happens on the back end.
0: You are pastoring in a different format, is what you just described, and I I love that God has used your experiences and your gifts to lead you to this place, and you're being so faithful to that calling. It's a really cool thing to watch. I want to ask, because you said the word coaching, and uh, people might not know what that means, because that is part of your ministry and part of what you do. You are a certified transformational soul care life coach. Uh, Share just a minute uh, what that means, And, and if there's people out there who, as we're thinking about being intentional in twenty twenty two think, oh well maybe I need that. Um just share a little bit about what that might look like. Why might someone need that that coaching. Um yeah and share what you do with that.
1: Well yeah maybe a, a great analogy is a lot of people have wanted to work lose weight. They've wanted to get more active in the gym and they've tried and failed and they can't make it stick and then they get a trainer that actually helps put them on a program, that meets with them, that works out with them and is alongside and all of a sudden they see these miraculous results because they had someone partnering with them in the journey. Coaching is similar and that where you take a lot of intentionality in terms of some time and resources, you invest those to really go deeper and and really our passion is to, to close gaps and move things. It's about movement, not perfection, but movement. And so we want to clarify what are some of the tangible goals or desires or dreams and how do we begin moving those toward reality? So it's really customized. Um, and I just, I mean, I I have a passion for soul care and spiritual formation, and I just think God has to be in the the center of all of it. And so we bring that piece into our coaching. So you may want to, you may have a goal or something professionally you want to pursue, but the question I'm always asking is, how do you become the kind of person that can fully live into it mm-hmm. once we achieve that? So it's really a both and, and I partner with uh, an, an organization called Soul Care. Uh, Mindy Calaguire, some people may know Mindy, she um, is the founder of Soul Care. And so we do Soul Care coaching and leadership coaching as well. I do with them and are helping them build out the coaching practice, which takes an even more focus towards uh, kind of that soul, healthy soul as a starting point and building out from there. So it's it's been one of the most life giving and I've seen so much, I've seen as much or more transformation come through the coaching relationships I've had over these last few years than maybe anything else that I've done in ministry. Mm,
0: it's amazing, it's amazing. Well, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share, just give a little context and share a little bit about that as well as your experience, because um, what I want people to do today who are listening is just get a little bit of a taste. Again, as they are thinking about their 2022, uh, maybe they can go on an altar retreat. Maybe they can uh, get a soul care coach. That would be awesome. We'll share a little bit more how people can do that at the end of the episode. But if they're just sitting here right now listening to this podcast and they think, There are some things I wanna do differently in my faith journey and in my life as I start 2022. Um, You at the beginning of each retreat that you do, you introduce four observations. Just that you have gleaned from being a pastor over the years, your experience, um, four observations of things that can transform people's lives. And so today, we're going to give people a taste. They're not in an altar retreat, but they're sitting here listening. What are those four things that you share that if they actually grabbed onto one, it can transform their lives?
1: Yeah, they are observations. It's been collectively over the 20 years as a pastor, and then five years Um, or so with Athletes in Action and the sports ministry traveling around the world. Like I've just, I've done a lot of listening and watching uh, people. And when it comes to, when people talk about the things that have most impacted their life, that have most formed their life, not just faith, but other aspects of their life, I've just heard four things, themes, come up over and over and over again. And so we begin our altar retreats, one saying we need to understand, you know, where we've come from, because it's going to help us read the waters of where we are now. And the hope is just maybe, well, I'll say that. Let me just, let me share what they are. Uh, The first is uh, the daily habits, the daily and weekly habits and rhythms that people have in their life, they shape, reinforce things. And, And this is pretty easy to get your head around. If you have healthy habits in your life, good habits, that has one result accumulatively over years. If you've got some unhealthy or Poor or destructive, or whatever habits or rhythms, that also has an impact in your life. And so the rea- the the reality is our we're always being formed. Every single day we're being shaped and formed into something. The question is into what and what are the things we're doing every day that are reinforcing that. <laughs> um, so that's one. And we have people think and reflect what are some of those daily, weekly habits that are just true to them. The other thing I hear is people talk about devoted time away. They'll say, you know, when I went to that camp or when I went to that retreat center, and it was like this one particular family vacation, not just vacations, but there was something special about this one. And uh, so I've just coined the phrase devoted time away. There's something about when you intentionally go to a different location for a focus or a reason or a purpose, it tends to be hugely impactful in people's life. There's something about getting away that's important. And so um, that's part of why we design altar retreats in the beauty of God's creation, to stand in a mountain stream, to be so connected to the water and to hear what's going on around you and the mountains and the tree. um, That in of itself, God has a lot to say to folks, um, but it's just part of the mix of... um, just putting your soul yourself in a different space than what it's used to. It matters. The third, the other thing I hear people talk about, or I just call them life moments. <clears throat> There's things that you get the, you get married or you have a child or twins or triplets, uh, or you get the call from the doctor, you know, the C word that the, that you, that cancer has reared its ugly head. Like in those moments uh, it's, uh, it changes your trajectory. Like life will never be the same again. And you often hear people talk about these milestone moments, these turning points. There's a lot of language around it. But I think to know what those moments are, those significant moments, um, really something that can be mined. Because um, God is in that space, and when we learn to, to grow our awareness, we can really have a much deeper understanding of our formation. And sometimes we do this in coaching. That's where we start is just to mine those that's the third. And the, and the fourth thing is relationships. People talk about it was that person or that coach or that teacher. It was the friend or my neighbor. It was my small group. Um, over and over again, it, there's significant people that come along in our stories that really shape it, You know, starting with our own families of origin or whatever that looks like. And so part of, as we open up our altar retreats were really setting the scene for people to start reading the waters of their own life and our hope and our prayer and we pray into all of these retreats is that just maybe as people devote time away on an altar retreat uh, it would become one of these life moments that may be a new trajectory that would begin that will impact their daily and weekly and monthly rhythms of life in such a way that life will never be the same again and we're going to wrap it all around relationships not just on to retreat but send people back into their relationships ready to engage in a different way so we we hope to bring all of those together mm. um <clears throat> that's up to god if it all works out and you know we work to that end but um everyone can seem to get their head around that and the wheels start turning and and so this is why we need to give space we always leave a lot of Open space just to have people start writing and journaling and thinking through this. Uh, Because if you start there, now we can think about what's next, where do I need to go from there?
0: Yeah, and I think as even as people are listening today, you know, you're talking in the context of. Alter and the things that you guys, uh, you all do in your retreats, but those all four of those things, we could sit back and just have a moment, you know, to reflect on and say, what are my daily habits and rhythms? Which we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to dig into that one. But when is the last time you've had a devoted time away? When is the last time you have carved out a half day, a day, a weekend, a week? To just get away and not, you know, go to Disney World or do family vacation. Like all those things are great, but when is the last time you've carved out time just for you to listen, to be quiet, to rest, to pray? Um, those are great rhythms and habits in and of themselves. Uh, those life moments. Maybe you've had them, maybe you haven't recently, but even a time to reflect back on what are those moments, the highs and lows in your life that have been those moments, and where has God been present? And then, of course, relationships, uh, taking time to reflect on those relationships and even assess you know moving ahead in 2022. Are there some relationships I need to pursue that would help me be more healthy, help me be uh, more of who God has created me to be? And so all four of those things are hugely important for all of us. I do hope you'll take some time and just maybe uh, take a minute and reflect on some of those, maybe in the days to come. And there's lots of tools out there. I've been seeing lots of things pop up uh, from some different organizations where they do exactly that. They take you through a reflection exercise where you can actually walk through your year, and I would encourage you to do that. Christchurch, we just came out with a spiritual health uh, assessment that also is a great way to do that. You can download that from our website website. So lots of good tools out there. Just look for them or contact us and we'd love to help you that. But Eric, I want to go back to this daily habits and rhythms because I do think it's one of the easiest things for us to hold on to. And I I, I told you this, I um, had a a friend and author uh, on the season two of Deeper Still, Jen Pollock-Michelle. She wrote a book called um, 40 oh my goodness, no, A Habit Called Faith. It's 40 Days to Following God, A Habit Called Faith. And we talked about habits. I'd encourage you, go back and listen to that episode too to pair it with this. But she says, and you alluded to this um She said "You know that habit is the center of human behavior, that we are what we do. We actually are what we do. And she says that our faith can be formed by virtue of repetitive motion. When you get into that habit of doing the same thing repetitively. And she has this great quote. She says, let habit take you by the hand and lead you to God. And isn't that just a beautiful thing? And so I'm gonna rest in that for a minute and just say to you, as people are starting to think, okay, I wanna, I wanna introduce some new habits, some daily rhythms that are, uh, will introduce some healthy things into my life. What do you think they need to know um, about just trying to figure out where to start with that?
1: Where to start? Well, I think why not start with just kind of saying, what am I doing now? So almost go back to your calendar and, you know, from the point you wake up to go to bed. What are the predictable stops that happen over and over again? Not just in the things you do, um, but I would also say, what are the things you say repetitively? What are the, what does your mind frequently <clears throat> go to when you're with certain people? If even your reactions become patterned, just look at what are some of the, what are the habits <clears throat> that already exist in your life? Um. Yeah, and just I would just say write them down. I think it's 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 a fun exercise of just awareness. <clears throat> but then you know one of the things I've been doing uh, in the coaching practice, and we're doing it more with Alter, and especially with the follow up, is just having people <laughs> think. Because a lot of people say, "All right, well, I need to do more Bible study, or I need to do go to the gym." Right? We <clears throat> it's almost predictable. To, I can mm-hmm. probably name the five things that almost every person will say: one, two, three, or all five of them. But rarely do we ask ourselves a few other kinds of questions. And so I would encourage those listening to maybe pull out their journal or laptop, whatever it is, and start notepad and start writing down a few things. One is to say, what are the things that actually bring me joy? What are the things that fill me up, that bring energy, that just put a smile on my face? And, and don't force it. Just let them come. They could be small things. They could be some big things. <laughs> Write them all down. Uh, The next question would be, what are the things that really drain you? Um, And oftentimes we endure and we just get in these routines of just having the life sucked out of us. And sometimes you can't avoid it. There's responsibilities and roles we play that we just have to give the effort to. But sometimes there's things that can be altered or changed in our life. But we just have to list what are the things that really drain us. And don't feel guilty. You're going to have some people's names show up there. There's going to be... Some tasks as a husband or wife, mother, father, whatever it is, like just write it down. It's just your, it's just a piece of paper, and then to just sit with those and say, what is it I really desire? Like, what would a great day, a great week look like in my life? What what would cause me to be at my best if I was really hitting on all cylinders, taking care of the needs and responsibilities I have, but ending that week just saying, like, man, that was a great week. Right With a smile on your face, it may not have all been easy. um, But what would that look like? And start with a blank sheet of paper and just script it out, bringing in some of those those joys and energy fillers and seeing where we can make adjustments on some of those things that drain. Um, Because if you know from where you're starting and you know what you desire, where you want to end up, now we can look at the gap and say, how do we begin closing that gap? And so you can, uh, you know, people can do that to just say like, here's a simple little shift I can make. And simple is a big word with me. I know it is with Mindy and Soul Care. And when we launched a Butterfield campus, it was one of our values. We said, everything has to be simple and good. It doesn't have to be great, but it can't be complex, simple and good. Because if it's simple or good, we can actually do it. Mm. It's doable. (laughs) I've been... Neglecting getting myself in better physical shape, and I've had all kinds of excuses. But this is one of the new rhythms I'm introducing that I'm actually paying a little more attention to what I'm eating and exercise. And but if I said, you know, I haven't really done much in the last five years, I'm going to go to the gym two hours a day, seven days a week, and I'm going to kill it an hour of cardio, I'm going <laughs> to lift all like I can already tell you, like that's I'm not even going to make it one day, <laughs> and that's typically what we do, right? We we sometimes make it. Too big or too much, an adjustment to make a tweak. Insert something simple that's good. Begin there, and all of a sudden, I don't, I can't remember the quote that you just said, but you know, those little habits done over and over again, it begins to shift and shape something, even to the way we think, our attitudes, and all of a sudden, we find our days uh, being formed around what's actually most important to us and what we're dedicating ourselves to.
0: Yeah, and I know sometimes people, like it sounds so simple. It does sound so easy. I think we have to be really intentional about carving out that time, about just being mindful. You know, we think, oh, I don't have the time. That sounds great. I don't really have the time. Well, of course we do. We prioritize what we, uh, you know, we make time for what our priorities are. So I think every time I say I don't have time and then I think of the amount of time maybe I spend on social media or watching TV or just, you know, all of those things. Things that we do, we do have an intentional time and space. We just have to create those habits and rhythms to reinforce that. And I think the other thing that we have to be mindful of or just watch out for is our culture will always tell us uh, go faster, go harder. We don't have time. You know, our culture is always sucking us in the whirlwind, uh, not only with our task list, but people around us who <laughs> also are expecting, you know, I always say, I feel like I'm a. Um, I'm a Mary who lives in a Martha world. (laughs) I really am. I feel like I am a slower paced person who has to constantly feel like I have to catch up with everything and everyone around me. And it's to the detriment of my own soul when I do that. And so I think there's also this piece of us that has to, like you said, transform our thinking about giving ourselves permission to say when we carve out what a great week looks like and if it means you know cutting out some commitments and 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 not listening to shutting off our email and not doing those things i think we have to also uh not believe the lies that we should be doing what everyone else is doing because i think when you carve out those rhythms uh your life is going to look a little bit different than most of the world around you
1: yeah you know you've allowed me to talk about fly fishing and so there's a phrase that we share with people that say you know let me first set up the context with fly fishing you have that little fly that little bug and you're casting it out and it's floating on the water if it's a dry fly on top so let's just use that imagery um, we say either you will fish your fly or the river will fish it for you because mm. we have all of these currents right so if you're not being intentional on where you're casting and line management, and again, you don't have to understand all that stuff. I um, went on
0: one retreat, so now I feel like I'm like an expert in all of those things you just said. I actually get it.
1: Yeah, you are. An, I'm an angler. You are. That's an what I said angler, and you often try to use the language the best you can. I have
0: no idea what I'm talking about.
1: Um, but I guarantee you, if if you're not intentional, the currents that are in that stream are going to take it wherever the current want it, wants it to go. And so, you know, I think it applies to life. If if you are not managing and living your life, life is going to manage you. And I think that's a little bit to what you were yeah. just saying, and it feels like we don't know how and it's too much and <clears throat> all I know is I see a whole lot of respect for people that live with some boundaries or
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, have found ways to create margin that just say you know, thank you so much, but I'm not able to commit to that at this time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What?" You know, you know. But they're a little more centered. They thought about their values. They 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 know it would disrupt the things that are the best and really good for them. And they're not going to sacrifice that. And you just see those people live differently than others. Um, you know, the, the the two verses, right? And they're said a lot. Jesus says. Um, What good is it it for a person to gain the whole world, to have it all, yet forfeit and lose your very life, your very soul? Um, In John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come that you would have life and have it to the full, abundantly, overflowing, a good life. Those aren't competing verses. I think they go hand in hand, but it has to do with what do we really desire and how do we want to live our life and will we have the courage even in simple and good ways to start putting into things that actually help us flourish and thrive personally with our families, um, workplace, et cetera.
0: Yeah, yeah and i think we all desire that kind of life we just have to have the courage to make those choices uh, and to do that i know one of the things i appreciate about you and you know we're uh, the rest of this session of deeper still this season at least most of it we're going to spend walking through the book of ephesians and we're going to do some bible study together and i know you said this early on that you know some people that's one of the top things they say they want to develop a habit in their life is i want to read my bible more and uh, and you know how many of us often do that one of the things that I so appreciate about you is that is one of your big rocks I mean you are someone who has made that a habit and a rhythm in your life every single day Uh, I don't know that you really miss and I just appreciate and admire it about uh, about you and I don't know if there's any Mm -hmm. um, before we wrap up here are there any other things that you want to say about that or just some things you've done intentionally to create those habits in your own life
1: yeah, there's a lot of great resources. We introduced have adu- introduced a lot of people to, um, we're allowed to share other books and authors.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um,
1: there's a book and website called The Common Rule, um, and it's by um, Justin Early. And so we've, we did this with our Butterfield staff team. We've introduced it on our altar retreats, but it's four daily habits, four weekly habits that are simple and good, easy to do, Some have you resist things, some have you embracing things, some have to do with God, some have to do with others. And so I've just used different tools, and it's good for me just to submit myself to you know, just a tool or an exercise and live with it for a season. One of them was um, from Justin Early's work on the Common Rule, and it was um, that I committed to not looking at any screen until I engaged a piece of Scripture every day. You know, so the phone's buzzing, you know, at night and, you know, there's all these messages. But I just said, what what is it going to kill to wait 10 more minutes to get up, go downstairs, grab coffee or whatever, and just sit with my devotions just to read a passage of Scripture, just to kind of center myself and to begin with God, if God's my first priority, to give the first part of my day space to God just to speak and to listen to Him. And then... Guess what? The screens are always waiting. And you know, but I've I've never been disappointed. If anything, I've been a little more centered and clear headed and it doing that day after day after day, month after month, it really begins to I see it shaping that now I have no desire to look at my phone, hardly ever. But that's a different commentary but i just i can't wait to get to my chair and to have my time and it shapes my mornings and it begins shaping my day very simple right like that's one of the simplest things you can do so i just love his work because it's simple and good and um so you know you can share that the common rule with folks and
0: yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I love that as we were prepping this morning, you know, you shared, and I know that most of us know that statistic, but what if you, you know, people might be listening to this and saying, that's a really good idea, I should do that. But then if you, what, if you write it down, if you tell somebody, you know, the, the likelihood of you doing it increases by a lot.
1: Yeah, and I can't remember the exact stats, but I'm a pastor, so we make up stats all the time. So this is in the ballpark.
0: Speak for yourself. Um,
1: If you have a goal in mind or something that you want to do, you're probably 35% likely to actually see it happen. If you write it down, it goes up to 65. But here's what's amazing. And these could be little goals, big goals, life ambitions, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But if you write it down, if you share it with someone – and ask them to hold you accountable or just say, would you encourage me? I really want to see this happen. It goes up to 95% Mm. success that that goal is going to come to fruition. And so I just said, why would we not, if we're starting the year and we're thinking about some of the daily habits and rhythms, let's uh, write them down you know, go through the exercise, spend a little time and bring it to your group or to a friend and say, I want to share this with you. I really want to see this happen in my life. I think it would be good for me for these reasons. Will you encourage me in this? I'm giving you a copy. You're on a great road to success of seeing that actually happen
0: that's awesome I love hearing that except when you I'll give a caution to any husbands listening because you said that to me this morning and I said uh, okay I want to lose 10 pounds by March 3rd and you said you so great me? I'll
1: be your accountability partner <laughs> I said nope
0: that's not going to work so you have to choose the right people to be your accountability partner and who you trust to share things with but again not rocket science a lot of stuff that we probably already know but just being mindful and intentional as we start out this year is uh, <laughs> what we want to do and Eric you've given us so much good food for thought and so much to think about so thank you for that we're going to continue to remind ourselves of these truths as we walk through like i said season three of deeper still eric before we go today uh, if someone was interested in learning more about altar fly fishing if they wanted to go on a retreat if they wanted to talk to you about um life coaching or if they wanted to support <laughs> altar fly fishing as a 501c3 uh, what can people do how can they find you
1: the easiest thing is, um, well, my phone number is out there, but uh, my new email is eric at org. That's A-L-T-A-R, mm. like altar in the Bible. Uh, little play on words there, That's right? That's right, yep. So eric at and and just let me know what your intentions are. We are self-funded, so I know we've had quite a few people say, hey, we'd love to help, support, or whatever, like. That would be awesome. Like, you know, so much of the ministry of where we go and what we're able to do, and number of people we can impact, will be directly tied to that. And we have—I didn't say this earlier. Can I? Can I interject this? Sure. We do retreats for men, women, leaders, but we have a huge heart and focus on pastors. Um, the current statistics are not good at all on where pastors are at. Uh, anywhere from forty to fifty percent. This is just research from two months ago. Pastors are seriously considering leaving the ministry, not just their church, but the ministry. And when we already have 80% of churches stuck or declining and 50% of those closing their doors in the next five to 10 years, those were before COVID numbers, so they're not better. I mean, we're going to look around and have this massive church crisis or shortage unless we're able to kind of renew and restore pastors and people in vocational ministry and other nonprofit ministries. Um, So this is a huge part of the work that we do, and um, we bring a lot of resources. We, We try to fund almost all or as much as we can for pastors, and we donate the coaching to them because we just believe they need to stay in the game. So That's one thing. We've got some dinners coming up. If anyone would want to be part of a dinner or if you have the gift of hospitality, say, hey, I would love to get six to ten, twelve of my friends together and just have a little night. We can maybe learn how to cast a fly rod and and hear a little bit more of Alter's vision and ministry. Just let me know. We'd love to do that. And uh, alterflyfishing.org is the website. All the information is on there, including... Uh, the upcoming trips for this year and we're starting to work on 2023 as well so
0: lots of exciting locations beautiful places great uh accommodations so we say trout
1: live in beautiful places so you know someone's got to go so i've raised my hand to say i guess i'll go (laughs) and bring people into that experience. So.
0: You know, when you announced that you were announced here at the church that you were transitioning, I had a woman say to me, she goes, you know, every woman in the church now hates your husband because he found a way to do what he loves and do it for a living. And now all of our husbands are thinking about ways that they can uh, follow his footsteps. So I, uh, you might have some women out there that you're getting a little shade from uh, because of that today. But I do think it's a really cool thing you get to do.
1: I don't know if you remember, this was a year ago and really just exciting vision and things were unfolding and you know, perhaps an opportunity to buy or get a lodge. And it's like, I'm just sharing all these dreams. And you were like, am I with you in this? Am I there? And I said... Oh, that's a great question. I haven't stopped to think about (laughs) that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure
0: I wasn't. The kids were convinced, too. You were off doing it. You were living in some mountain lodge by yourself, and we were all stuck back here in the concrete. (laughs) It's good stuff, though. I love... uh, I am the Lord's servant. uh, Yeah, yeah, you sure are. Well... (laughs) Eric, it has been a joy and a privilege and a lot of fun to have you here today. So thanks for continuing to lead and shepherd uh, this community of people as well as the wider Church of Christ. We just appreciate you. Uh, we love you. And uh, can't wait to see what God is going to do in and through you and alter fly fishing in the days to come. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Well, friends, uh, I hope you're able to grab onto some wisdom and some nuggets today, just uh, maybe even being inspired to develop some new habits and rhythms in your own life so that you can be more intentional in your relationship uh, with God and with others and get off to just a great start in 2022. I know I can speak from firsthand experience and saying that Altar Fly Fishing is worth checking out. So if you do know someone who may be interested going on a retreat, check out those trips, all of that good stuff. Go to their website. They're also on Instagram and Facebook, AlterFlyFishing.org, uh, and so you can check them out there. And like Eric said, he'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. Um, well, friends, again, thanks so much for being here with us today. As I said at the top of the episode, we will be back. In in our every other week rhythm here at Deeper Still, walking through the book of Ephesians, which we're so excited about, so excited to dig into God's Word. If you are here in our community and you're interested in getting in uh, a small group that is studying the book of Ephesians together, be sure to visit us at Christ Church. Uh, wait, what is our website? Christchurch.us forward slash women. Or you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and find all the great ways that you can get involved and plugged in here at Christchurch because we don't want you to go it alone. So I do hope to see you soon. I hope to hear from you in the weeks to come. I hope you'll come back and join this deeper still community. Share it with a friend. And we are excited to see how God is going to have, have life unfold for us here through season three, so go ahead, guys. Grace, and we'll see you back here real soon.